Welcome to the culture. I'm Anna. And I'm Mark. And we talk about cults. So, religious groups well, and spiritual groups and political. I feel like cult's kind of a bad word. Oh, you're talking about our new religious movement? New religious movements. Yeah, that's the correct term in religious uh, scholar discussions. I'm trying to be PC here. Mm, okay. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> Seriously. So we're back from a little hi- hiatus. Um, I don't know about you, Mark, but man, I'm on that teacher summer lifestyle right now and I'm not trying to do a damn thing. <laughs> do you even know what day it is? <laughs> Barely. It's tough, right? Yeah. But it's kind of nice. Yeah, but then I'm really, I'm dreading the day where it's like, shit, we have to go back. That's very much how I am too. And my wife always gets mad at me because she's like, you never enjoy it. You're always just worried about how close the ending is. <laughs> yes. It's sort of my philosophy on life as well, which is probably why I don't have as much fun as I should have. Yeah. So, okay. But we're back. We are back. And that's all that matters. And today we're going to be talking about a pretty much a big, huge downer. So I just want you to mentally prepare yourself. We've got some cocktails to go with this cult today. We're ready. Cocktails and cults. What are we drinking today? You are drinking squirt and tequila. Yeah, it's okay. I'll be honest. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about a group called the 12 Tribes Cult. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of the 12 Tribes of Israel. Same or different? Um, it's based on that, but it is not the same. Then I do not know. Okay. So... As usual, let's start with the founder. Um, so the founder of this group, his name was Eugene Albert Spriggs. That's a name. From? He's from Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. A lot yeah. of Tennessee groups. Mm, there ain't, well, much, ain't much to do over there besides start yourself some cults. <laughs> probably a correlation between that too. Yeah. Them smoky, them smoky mountains <laughs> over there lead to some strange folk. You know, it's, it's like... You know how all the serial killers are on like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the cults are out <laughs> in Tennessee. Right, there's got to be something going on out there culturally where people are just unhappy with the status quo, and they have the answer. Right, and Spriggsy must have his own answer. Yeah. So Eugene, he was born in 1937 to a Methodist family in Tennessee. Now. His early, like, adulthood, he had various jobs. He worked as, like, a guidance counselor. He was in the Army. He also was a tour director for a travel agency. Um, So he was, like, I don't know, just, like, doing a bunch of different stuff. He also got his degree in psychology, funny enough. Um, You guys are the same. We're not. Also, he had... He had three wives before meeting his last and final wife, so... Well, he eventually got it, right? Yeah, his last wife, Marsha, would be his partner that he would start the 12 tribes with. So, Eugenie, um, his goal was to reach kids who had left the church. Like, so this is like the 70s when this is happening. He's found Jesus in 1970, and he's like... I need to, like, save all the teens, you know, coming out of the, like, hippie revolution. And so, um, in 1972, he married his wife, Marsha, and the couple moved to Chattanooga. 
And this is where they founded this church called the Vine Christian Community Church. And they started inviting people into their home. Okay, this is step one of cult stuff. When we, when we move from a church to a cult, step one is let's have a home Bible study group. Take it to the house. Yes. It's an intimate setting, smaller groups. You feel you like you... the environment. Right, but you also feel like you get to know. It's sort of a, uh, you know, shields are down. Like, hey, yeah. we're, we're in his home. He must really care about us right. and what's going on. Right. Now, a reason why I did this group in the first place was because... They have restaurants throughout the country and the world that are kind of famous. Is it IHOP? <laughs> no, it's not IHOP. That would be hilarious, though. But no, um, they're called the Yellow Deli. I, they have them in San Diego. I have never partaken. I haven't either, but I've heard of the Yellow Deli. Colt fam, if you have partaken yeah, we need to know about those in the sandwiches. Yellow Deli, I'm trying to figure out the quality <laughs> control of this here. Okay, so from everything I've read, they're really good because it's like all organic stuff. I'm heading to SD <laughs> in about a month. Dude, go take pictures. You got to go. I think I got to go. Got to go and get a sandwich. Tell us how it is. That's it. We're making it happen. I'm, I'm hitting the streets. <laughs> Boots do. on the ground for there the Yellow go. Deli. I'm there coming. So basically, they started opening these restaurants in 1973 because they started taking people in. They started living with people, like in their house, like their followers. And so in 1973, they opened the Yellow Deli where members would work for room and board, but no money. A little indentured servitude. It, it really, yeah. <laughs> so now in the restaurant, there are booths that are made out of reclaimed barn wood. And the menu says this, we serve the fruit of the spirit. Oh, I can't wait to go. <laughs> okay. So then in 1974, there's about 50 to 60 people that are living with him and his wife, Marsha. How big is this house? I don't know, but they purchased three houses and they opened the Yellow Deli. Oh, there you go. So they got like a, they're building a little, uh, yeah. little compound. Yes. Then they opened a coffee house. They began ministering to countercultural youth. Um, and they called themselves the Light Brigade at this time. Well, we got to change that name. <laughs> well, you got to change your name if you're going to be a cult. You got to change it at least three times. It's becoming very systematic at this point. Yes. So have you ever heard of the Jesus Movement? Of like the 70s I it is sort of sounding familiar but I was gonna put it in like the 90s so maybe it's not the same movement yeah so there was this kind of movement in the 60s and 70s mainly in the 70s where there were like a lot of like kind of it came out of like the charismatic movement in the Christian kind of world where these young Basically, hippies found Jesus, but they were hippies. And so they called them Jesus freaks. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yes. So that's kind of where that comes from. So this is that time period. And he's like, I want to get in on that population. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So in 1975, they were going to this church called the First Presbyterian Church. Oh, shout out to the Presbyterians listening. <laughs> Listen to this. 
Then they left the church because the church canceled its service on Super Bowl Sunday. And they were like, you guys are hypocrites. You're living in the world, blah, 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 blah. There are some things bigger than Jesus <laughs> in this Bowl country. <laughs> and the Super Bowl is one, apparently. Yeah. So they were not very happy about that. So then in 1978, they opened six yellow delis. And this is when they renamed themselves the Vine Christian Community Church. So they were the Light Brigade and then the Vine. Okay. But then the anti-cult movement was really big in the 70s. Like, because this is when the Moonies is happening. Manson, like all of that stuff has, I mean, Jonestown. This is all, you know, happening right around that time. And so they start getting heat from the press and they move from Chattanooga to Vermont to this tiny little kind of rural area called Island Pond. And 200 of their followers went with them. Man, so they're traveling deep at this point, mm -hmm. especially to Vermont. Yeah. Hard pass, dude. Okay, yeah. This is so off topic, but you know what I've been thinking about a lot lately? Ticks. And I just don't think I could live in the woods because of ticks. You just feel like it's going to like bury Ugh. itself in your brain? I just, it's so nasty. It's tough. And that's kind of what I think about when I think of like the Northeast. Just ticks and maple syrup. <laughs> Everyone's just getting after it. Also very beautiful fall landscapes. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so in this new setting in Vermont, apparently the group becomes more and more, you know, reclusive. They start shutting people out. Now, Spriggs is going to change their name again. Nice. Because you have to. And he believed that they had to restore the 12 tribes of Israel and produce an army of 144,000 male virgins which would prepare Christ's second coming. So this is when he renamed the group the 12 tribes. It's a pretty easy task. I feel <laughs> like you could knock that out over a weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, you, you could find a Facebook group. Sure, 144,000 <laughs> male virgins. So let's talk a little bit now about like the group themselves, like who they are. So they have got a pretty good cult website, I have to say. It is not janky. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, it's really actually pretty good. And they even have a podcast. Nice. So they're, they're rocking. They're rocking and rolling. Yeah. You listen to the pod? I didn't. I don't know if I really care. Wow. I don't know. It's like, you'll just see. Okay. Anyways, on their facts page, they are asked, are you a cult? So if you have to ask yourself, are we a cult? You're a cult. How's the response though? They're like, <laughs> no. Yeah. They basically are like, no, we're not a cult. We just like all like to live together and we all pool our resources and we all work for free and we be our children. Like I said, <laughs> cult's just a bad word. So basically they're a group of hippie looking people who are kind of disguised as hipsters, but are really like crazy Christian fundamentalists. Old school. Yes. Hellfire brimstone. Yes. So let's break this down. Okay. So. First of all, they call Jesus Yahshua. They won't call him Jesus. Why? 
they're just like, oh, the original Hebrew is the blah, 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 the most correct. And I don't even know. I think they're just trying to be different and cool. and trying They to- want the inside, <laughs> inside scoop. Yes. So when members join, they have to take on a new Hebrew name. Out of a hat, do, <laughs> do they get to choose? I don't know actually how they are determined. Is it like summer camp names where people just kind of come up with <laughs> it around bug. the circle? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so Eugene Spriggsy, he becomes Yonek, um, which is a play on his name, Spriggs, because it means tender sprig in Hebrew. That's a lame name. I know. His name is Yonek. So they call themselves the community. In this, in the 12 tribes, everybody's resources are pooled. So if you're in, you're all in, baby. Classic. Yeah. And, oh, and they even say on their fax page, like if someone joins and then leaves, do they get their money back? And they said, no. Not a money back guarantee program. Zero <laughs> percent money back guarantee. Um, the women have really long hair and they wear like long skirts and dresses and then the men, they have beards, but trimmed beards, not like raggedy beards, but trimmed beards. And they have like long hair too. And the guys wear like, they're like suspenders, tight pants, like rolled up at the bottom. Boots. Yes. Hat. Yes. Beard oil. <laughs> Most likely that they made themselves. And somehow. a French press coffee that was done at home. Probably. I'm imagining Mumford and Sons right now is just yeah, it's pretty much who the they are. But the girls are not they're a little Pentecostal. Yes, they look like that. Yes, got it. No offense to the Pentecostals. No offense. Um, so people in the group work like they have different tasks and jobs, but a lot of them work at these restaurants. So is the yellow yellow deli like the cream of the crop? That's where you want to be. Like, do you get oh, like, bar- do you mean, do you get, is there like barnyard work and then yes, you work is, and then you work, farms. so then you work your way up is, is, is the I don't yellow- know. I don't know how they get placed. I, um, I need to know the vibe of who I'm going to be visiting. I mean, should I be looking at them with some esteem? Like they've earned this n- right? No, I don't think so. Because as we'll come to find out, children work there. Got it. So yes. Okay. And they work a lot. They work people like 16 to 18 hours a day, six days a week. For no pay. For no pay. Well, they should be very rich then. Well, interestingly enough, they're actually not a, like, they, they pay taxes. They are a for-profit group. Maybe that's why they're still around. Yeah. I feel like once you start getting a little, a little, little, little shystery with the taxes and... yeah. That's when the government kind of kiboshes you. Yeah. So um, they, in their restaurants, some of them, they have like pictures of like the Puritans and stuff. And somebody asked one of the like people, they were like, why, why is this here? And they were like, oh, because we are direct descendants of the Puritans. Um, basically, they believe that they are like the people who are establishing kind of like Christ's kingdom on earth and they need to be like the people in Acts. They need to live like the early church in order to bring about Christ's return. And nothing says that like a turkey sandwich on wheat. (laughs) 
With some avocado, right. little sprouts right. on there. It's the way to people's heart and the way to the kingdom. <laughs> um, now, there are about 3,000 members globally. So it's not that big. It's not that small. That's pretty small. When you think about it, think about this. Could you get 3,000 followers? A school, we worked at a school that had 4,000 kids. Yeah, but they wouldn't all listen to you at the same time. They might. I can <laughs> guarantee you they wouldn't. So that's, I mean, that's decent. Yeah. And it's worldwide. Like they have stuff in France and Germany and Australia. Well, that makes it not so great. Right. Once you open up to the entire world population, 3,000 is very small. Right. So they live and work together. They homeschool all their children. And they believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible. I mean, that makes sense based on the Puritans and who they're kind of following. Right. So... When we get back from the break, we will talk about their beliefs and their practices. All right, so we're back, and we're going to talk about their beliefs. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, like I said, they believe that in order for Christ to come back, the church has to become what it was during the time of the early church. I'm imagining a lot of these beliefs are going to go very behavioral. Yeah, I mean, like they on their, you know, their fact page, they get criticized for like being works based. Um, but they said basically like, if you're a believer, how could you not follow what God tells you to do kind of thing? I'm not sure I would look to the Old Testament as the yeah. way we should be looking at work. Yeah, well, that's how they do it. So they think that basically you have to create a new Israel and it's going to consist of 12 tribes, which are located in 12 geographic regions of the world. Yes. Is like a crack the code. I feel like I got to go like on the Da Vinci, try and figure <laughs> out where these things are. How are they supposed to know? No, they know them. Who? Like within their own group, they have 12 like spots that are like tribes. Got it. So they have created these 12 little yes. regional markets that they're going to be using. Yes. So they believe with like a lot of religions that all other denominations are fallen. So me and you, we, we're not, we're not going to We're not making it. Heaven. Everybody else is wrong and we are right. But they also have a weird belief about heaven, which we'll talk about in a second. Now. They believe that to restore all this stuff, they have to, again, observe the Sabbath. Kind of similar to, like, what's-her-face? Gwen. Oh, Gwenny? Tennessee girl. I'm telling you, there's something about chat. They have to maintain some of the Mosaic law, including their dietary laws and their festivals. Um, And basically, they believe that the end times are coming, but they don't know exactly when. They don't have a date. Like, you know, Heaven's Gate, they're not like, oh, the Hale-Bop Comet. Like, right. they don't know exactly when, but they're like, it's, it's coming. It's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, right. Now, here's some bad stuff. Um, they teach the, the Jews that the Jewish people are collectively responsible for the death of Christ. And oftentimes, they've been, you know, labeled anti-Semitic for that, which I think is appropriate. But they deny this accusation because they say that they they keep they they love the Jewish people. They keep the Sabbath. They sell it. They celebrate Yom Kippur. Their kids have bar mitzvahs, 
and they they regularly perform Israeli folk dances. So it sounds like they're just like appropriating Jewish culture. Well, whatever gets the label off. Yeah. So yeah. if it's up, all it takes is a little appropriation, I feel like they're in on that. Yeah, yeah. So here's their weird heaven belief, okay? So they believe that every human is going to go to one of three places. So they added a little spice in there. It's not heaven and hell. So they say that there is, okay, basically Christians, the saved Christians are going to go to actual like heaven and they're going to help God govern the good people. Well, he needs help. Yeah. Right. Apparently. Right. So, so, okay. There's the believers. They're going to go to heaven. They're going to like be, you know, under rulers and then the good people who are not believers, they're going to have a place where they go to that's good. And the bad people are going to go to hell. Good-ish for the middle. Yeah, like if you're a righteous person but not a believer, you Mm. don't go to hell. We got a special spot for you. Yeah, which is interesting because... Streets of silver instead of streets of gold. (laughs) The not-as-good version. (laughs) Yeah, it's the bronze. Um, so they get together every morning and evening, um, and they sing songs and they pray and they, you know, they have a meal together. So, you know, typical cult stuff. You get together all, all the time. Um, here's where stuff is going to go bad. Okay. I'm just going to let you know, it's not going to be good from here on. Okay. So they are like all about corporal punishment. So at their restaurant, they have a brochure that literally says, the title is, when the spanking stopped, all hell broke loose. We're pro spanking. They're pro, like, beating your kids. Everyone can beat your kids? or only Everyone in the group. Everyone in the group can beat your kids. It's a group beating of a child. Yes. Got it. And it's for anything. It takes a village, some, <laughs> some would say. Is that not what they meant? <laughs> So they say that in order to love your child, you have to hit your kids early. They hit infants. They'll hit infants if an infant refuses a bottle or is fussy during a diaper change. A lot of therapy post this group, I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah, yes. And they said that in order for it to be good, it has to be often and hard enough to leave marks. Their goal is to leave marks on the child. If it's good. That is the most strange way of thinking about that act. This is a quote from them. It's better to go to heaven with welts than hell without welts. That cannot be true. It's true. They literally talk about, like, openly that they use these, like, bamboo sticks, bamboo, like, balloon sticks to hit their kids with. They're like, it just hurts. It doesn't damage them. This guy has a psychology degree? Shut up. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So... They also, like I said, they have to give up all of their possessions. And when relatives of family members who join this group are like, "Mm, what you doing, dog? They're like, cut them off. You know, nix them. Common. Right. Now, we haven't talked about this group yet, but a group that does this a lot um, is Scientology. And they have a good word for it. It's called disconnection. 
But means the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Trimming the fat. Yeah. Like, get them out of here. Yeah. Now, also, women have to give birth without painkillers because we need to atone for Eve's sin. Well, that just makes sense. Right? (laughs) Uh, No. Preach it, brother. That sounds not great. Sounds terrible. (sighs) I would be out right then if I was a girl. Like, well, that's all that it takes. Right. Um, Now... He's got rules on pretty much everything you can think of. There's rules on the length of your fingernails, how long they can be. There's rules on how to literally wipe your ass. They tell you exact amount of pieces of paper that you can use, how to fold the paper up. Um, they, they talk about how often men can, you know, please themselves like all this stuff. They have a, a rule for everything. I mean, those types of rules do seem very like Old Testament, right? Like you go yeah. back, read Leviticus, like super specific. Right. You know, it was all about, you know, how well can you obey right. to the, the rules and that are in place. And you have rules like that. I'm sure that was one of his purposes. Yeah. Which I didn't really even think about, but that definitely makes sense. Like they're following all those kinds of like you know, purity rules. Yeah. Yeah. So now when the group moved to Vermont, little old good Eugene, he kind of escalated in his stuff. So at that time he banned all holidays, um, including birthdays. So no more Christmas, no more fun stuff, just work. All work. (laughs) Work and And beatings. And Yom Kippur. (laughs) That's true. Um, Now, One woman in the group, her name was Mary, she didn't like it when Eugene beat her kid, and she was about to leave, but she didn't leave. Now, Mary Wiseman, she died at 39 of ovarian cancer. When she died, Eugene said that it was because of her unconfessed sin of criticizing him. Guy's got no love. (laughs) Seriously. Ruling with an iron fist. Yeah. So then after her death, the elders of the group began to judge parents' abilities to raise their kids. And if they judged them inadequate, they would split the families up and make kids like live with other people who would like beat them better. So we're doing a lot of, again, removing the nuclear family. Yeah. Right. Creating the whole, especially if everybody can beat everybody. Right. That's a very toxic environment. For sure. And it's just really sad because it's like these poor kids, I mean, the psychological trauma that these kids have endured is gnarly. But what's crazy is that they um, they would get beaten for things like you didn't sing loud enough in church. Right. So very minuscule things that obviously do not deserve beating. Yeah. But it falls in line with what they want. Right. It's just like discipline all the way. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of this group. <laughs> I don't either. But don't don't take me there. Now, um, they do have some money, um, according to a tax document given to um, an uh, a writer that I'm going to source in our uh, show notes. Um, the group's sales were 26 million in 2012. Sales from the from the deli, from the restaurants construction, landscaping, body care products, like everything. That's pretty good. Yeah. Who's getting this money? Well, 
I mean, Yui, Eugene, Eugene. Yeah. Now, for kids, remember they're homeschooled, right? Because you can't you can't go to school. With can't heathens. trust the public school. So education stops after eighth grade, like the Amish. I'm going straight to work, baby. Yeah, you go to work. Now, there was this family called the Jones, which that's like such a common name, but the Jones family was in this group. And they had a they had a bunch of kids, but one of their daughters' names was Shua. And she talks about her experiences where when she was seven, she boarded a 15-passenger van and they drove down to a factory that was owned by the 12 tribes. And one of the tribe's clients was Estee Lauder. A family company. <laughs> which contracted the group to make Origins. You know that brand Origins? No. What okay. do they do? They're like kind of like... Skincare? Yes. So the, the, the 12 tribes people would make salt scrub. Long story short, there was child labor happening. And the funny, funny enough, this is all like in New England. It's like, bro, we're just like repeating Hitting history. Hitting the cycle again. <laughs> Literally, isn't it Estee Lauder a family company? Isn't that what their thing is? I don't that think so. That would be so. hilarious if that... Or is that Johnson & Johnson? That's Johnson & Johnson. Is it? Yeah. Estee Lauder has Estee Lauder something. is a... It's like a makeup cosmetics brand. Yeah. It's very, like, big. Like, that's, like, a big, like, over, you know. What are those companies that own a bunch of other companies? So Like a conglomerate? Yes. So, Shua, she said that she spent 10 hours a day. Mind you, she's seven. Spent 10 hours a day labeling and packaging the scrub and other products. Um, and at sometimes. Uh, the elders would pass out sleeping bags so the kids could sleep on the factory floor. And when they'd run around and play, they'd get spanked for it. So they're all messed up. They're just, these people are not good. <sighs> well, Estee Lauder, just looked it up. Definitely not that. Bringing the best to everyone we touch. Also kind of weird. Yeah, that, I don't like that. But it's not a family company. I don't like the word touch. I just, yeah, it's a little <laughs> too much, right? Yeah. So long story short, they beat the crap out of their kids all the time and they work them to death. And they do this in else. public? Is there? I don't think so. So if like the guy puts, you know, too much mustard on the sandwich, he's not going to get beaten. <laughs> I don't think so. We'll but, all find out. But I did talk to, okay, so I was at my friend's party this weekend and I talked to this girl and she had been to a yellow deli and she was saying how like it was weird vibes in there for sure. Interesting. Yes. Cole fam, you got to know. Got to let yeah. us know. Yeah. So, number one, they're really bad to kids. Number two, they don't like um, the gay community at all. Like passively or like actively? Um, I mean, they believe that they should die and they say that. So, good look. they're definitely not celebrating pride this much. Sure. But happy pride to everybody else. Um. So they're not great. These, these people are bad. On top of that, they're also racist. So they're just like the trifecta. You just catch them all. You know what I mean? So have you ever heard of the curse of ham? No. Okay. So Noah in the Bible has a son, Ham. Mm -hmm. Ham sees Noah like drunk and naked. Okay. Ham is like, brothers, ha ha ha, look at dad. He's like 
you know, wasted. His brothers go into the room. They, they walk backwards so as to not disrespect their father, cover him up, and then leave. And then Noah basically curses Ham. Okay? All right. Now, nowhere in the Bible is anything about skin color mentioned. But for years and years and years, um, churches would use the curse of Ham to justify slavery because it said, like, he was marked. And so then they, they said that, oh, that, that's where black skin basically came from, was the curse of Ham. Interesting. I've never you heard really that. You really have never heard no. of that? No. I'm not racist though. So, well, that's you know? good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's where like the early kind of Christian American church, like during the time of slavery justified slavery by saying that. And, um, there was this guy who was native American black who had joined the group and they actively try to recruit black people into their group. And he basically said that there was this member who was black whose name is Johanan Abraham. That's not his real name. His real name is John Stringer. And his like model, his like hero was this guy, Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was an early member of the original KKK. And he tried to tell this guy, Sinasta, his name was, that basically slavery was a good thing because um, it helped black people experience like, I don't even know the like virtue of the white man. I don't even know. It's just really twisted, weird shit, but that's kind of what they think. So they're all in on that. This group is all in on that idea. Well, they say they're not, but then they do stuff like that. But then they recruit him. Right. Like almost doing him a favor. Yes. Yes. I'm assuming he didn't get very far in the group oh, yeah, he once left. he actually read the handbook. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing is like, he's like, they don't tell you this stuff until you're like in it. Well, no, you don't want to lead with that. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. But, but the guy Sinasta Kalucci, he said, uh, anytime a group has to ha- have the, are we racist as a frequently asked question, something's going on there, which yeah. It's kind of like the, are we a cult question? Right. But maybe worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, weddings, why are weddings weird in cults? You got to mix it up. Weddings are already a bit strange. That is true. So you have to go deep end if, if you're going to mix it up. Yeah. So apparently I didn't find a whole lot of information about this, but I just thought this was interesting. Weddings are dramatized pre-enactments of what the group believes will happen at the end of the time, the end times when Jesus returns to earth for his bride. They're putting on a play. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) It's a musical. Right. Right. (laughs) Your favorite. Uh Um, Yeah. So they're weird. They're just weird cats. There's got to be a YouTube video of that somewhere. What, dude, why do you always think of that stuff? Like, I never think of that. Like, yes, there probably is. I should have looked it up. I just think that people are obsessed with themselves. <laughs> and they're like, you know what would be really awesome is if we put our wedding video online. That's true. That's probably true. I we'll, should look it up. We'll be searching for that later after this episode. Um, now, for people who leave the group, it's no bueno. Um, 
as one guy said, his name's Luke Wiseman, he said, they consider us dead. They consider us like Judas Iscariot. Blood in, blood out. Yeah, so you are gone. Now, we're almost done, but we're going to talk about some of the things that have happened legally and like kind of where they're at now. Okay, so in 1984, over 100 Vermont state troopers and social workers removed kids from the community searching for evidence of child abuse in what the 12 tribes calls the raid. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of these cases were dismissed because the parents wouldn't provide the children's names. They just said no? Yeah. Which I don't understand how that works. Like, 1980s, like, what the hell's going on? Like, they could, you, a parent could just be like, nah, not going to tell you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And they gave their kids back? Yes, but there, there are frequent, I wouldn't say frequent, but there have been several investigations into them. And, like, when the Estee Lauder thing came out, Estee Lauder obviously cut their ties um, another like big, bigger company kind of like found out that they were using children cause they told them we're a family company. Um, and then they cut ties. So then in 1985, the group receives what they call the stone kingdom revelation, basically saying that the group has to reject conventional society. So they just become more and more reclusive in 1987. Um, they renamed itself again, the messianic communities. Um, and then in the 1980s and 90s, they started opening branches in different countries. Now, in 2018, the New York Department of Labor found multiple child labor violations involving a dozen children at the group's farm in Cambridge. And in 2013, uh, basically, they were getting, like... (sighs) They were getting, like, kicked out of France and stuff like that. Because these people were, like, infiltrating and, like, video recording them, like, beating their kids. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, cell phone era, it's a lot harder to get away with child labor than it used to be. I mean, obviously, it <laughs> right. still exists in a lot of places around the world. Right. But but not as much in, like, the, in, like... Developed world, for Industrialized sure. countries, right. yeah. But also tougher to hide. Right. Which is kind of a blessing of the internet era i guess sure we'll take one win <laughs> so yonek mr eugene the anointed one um he died this year oh r.i.p to eugene january 11th 2021 he was unatoned 80- sins <laughs> cause of death question mark he was 83 um and basically they think he died from covid related stuff interesting now the future of the group is kind of unknown are they looking for a leader? Because I'm, <laughs> bu- I'm not busy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's where the 12 tribes is. You guys, if you have eaten at the Yellow Deli or the Commons, uh, I think it's called Common Grounds. There's another one called like the Blue Bell or something like that. I don't know. Blue something. Um, please let us know about the food. Tell us how culty it was in there. Did you know it was culty? And, uh, yeah, I just want to hear about that. How, what do you think about this cult? You know, there's a lot of violence towards children. Not a fan. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, pretty culty. I'm going to say they're like a 7.9. Oh, approaching okay. The, yeah, not a lot of death confirmed from this. So yeah. I got to kind of stay away from the 8s and the 9s. 
Right. Um, you know, not a lot of blood sacrifice, so we can't really go. There's there's yeah. levels to this. It's not as juicy. And also, I haven't tried the sandwich yet. <laughs> so the sandwich so might the, redeem so the, you. The ranking could change. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know your thoughts on this group, and we'll catch you later, cult fam. See ya.